Good evening, good evening, Shiloh family and friends. It's such an honor and a privilege to be before you this evening. I am so excited to be here. I give honor to our Bishop and First Lady, to my wife and my children, Elder Martin, and my children, Trafina and Robert, and to the leadership of this church, the diaconate board, the trustee, and to you, my Shiloh family. What an honor it is and a privilege to be before you this night. I don't take this opportunity lightly. I, I, I take it very serious because anytime God allows me the opportunity to speak to his people, then I, 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 I just get excited about it. So let us pray. Father, we, can, we thank you for this opportunity that you have afforded me tonight. Oh, Father, I stand behind this sacred desk, not for fame, not for fashion, not for anything more than to serve you and to speak thy word. Oh, Father, I don't look for reputation. I don't look for anything more than be a servant of yours to fulfill what you have called in my life. So, Father, I pray and ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen, amen, amen. Well, for tonight's lesson, I would like for us to take a look at Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. That's Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. And I'm going to be coming tonight from our standard version, the New King James, New King James Version that we read here. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that we would grant you according to riches and glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Jesus Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. Now to him who is able and do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to his power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, to all generations, forever and ever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Growing up in the 80s, my brothers and I enjoyed watching wrestling for entertainment. We would gather around this small black and white television with the traditional rabbit antenna. You know what I'm talking about, that, that, that antenna that you had to pull it up, the different arms on it, and it would try to get reception. You know, some, someone know what I'm talking about. Someone's seen this before. We didn't always have that cable television. We wasn't always able to stream our favorite shows on our electronic devices. But we had this black and white television with this rabbit antenna. Cannot speak for everyone, but in the Martin household, we had this black and white box with this rabbit antenna attached to it. And to take it one step further to get that good reception, because sometimes we would plug it in 
and, and, and we couldn't really get to see what the picture or have that good clear reception there. So what we would do, we would take a piece of aluminum foil. And although it was the rabbit antenna was attached to the television, we would take this aluminum foil and we would attach it to the end of it. And then once it was attached, as you saw in the photo was just displayed, we, we would move it around a little bit. We would move it around slightly, just enough so that that picture can come in clear. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And then once that picture was in clear, then it was on, it was on. We would watch, we would watch, and we would be amazed on some of the moves that the wrestlers would do. We would be amazed on how they were able to bend arms, jump off the ropes, and do different maneuvers. So this, this was entertainment. And after it was over, you know, we, we, would, we would go into our room. But before we got to that point there, just as we started watching, you know, we, we would want to get into this, really get into it. So we would grab a bowl of our dry cereal. We would sit there, and then we would watch and watch until it was done. Once it was done, we would head off to our room. So now we want to imitate what we just watched. And so in, in our room, I had a bed off to the side, and then my two younger brothers, they had these bunk beds. So I, I would pull the mattress off of my bed. We would lay it down in the center of the floor in our room. And then we would start the competition. And we would start wrestling. But we would use the tag team method. And we would get up there on that top bunk, whoever wasn't wrestling. And when one brother was getting the best of the other brother, we would jump off that top bunk like if it was the top ring or the top rope of the ring. My brothers and I watched this and we really, really enjoyed it. But the most favorite part for me was the tag team matches. Oh, that, that was it for me. That was, that, that was great. The tag team matches I enjoyed the most. The tag team matches consist of two or more players, two or more wrestlers that would be in the ring. It could be two or it could be three, but it was a team, it was a tag team. But only one individual at a time could be in the ring wrestling at a time, while their teammate was on the outside waiting to be tapped in. Your opponent could be getting the best of you. They could be on top of you, throwing you side to side, jumping on you, throwing you down, twisting your body all different kind of ways. But, 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 your, but your partner could not come into the ring until to assist you until he was tapped in. It had to have that hand-to-hand -hand tap in. That had to take place. They had to touch your hand with their hand. And, and once that hand-to-hand -hand tap in took place, then it was on. Because now assistant can get to you. Your partner could now enter into the ring and he can give you that help. He can give you that help that you was trying to get. Because prior to that tapping, 
no matter how much you needed that help, your partner could not get into the ring. If you get close enough to him where your fingers are almost touching, your opponent will pull you back further. And so you would tend to try and try and try to get tapped in so that you could get a break there. Uh, so with that said, the theme tonight for my subject title will be tapping into your inner strength. Tapping into your inner strength. As Christians and non-Christians, how do we deal with today's challenges as life, of life? Believing we have done all that we can do when we are faced with some of these circumstances of life. How, how, how do we deal with those times? How do we deal with the time that life just keeps throwing things at us and throwing things at us and throwing things at us? And we've done all that we can do to try to face these life challenges. It, it, it is my belief that society today has put some of us in a place where we feel like we have lost all of our strength. We have no more strength to move forward beyond our circumstance. Or, or at the very least, or at, at the very least, the question that we have becomes a question of our faith. Well, we have faith, but because of all these challenges that life keeps throwing at us and keep, 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 keep attacking us, why? How? What's going on? So this is my belief. This is my belief. We all have done what we can do. This is a thought we start telling ourselves. We start singing those blues. I've done all that I can do. Can't go any step further. Only God knows that I can't do this anymore. What do we do? What do we do when we go and deal with those times? We wake up in the morning sometimes, and we have to go to a job that our boss gets on our nerves. We get there, we know. Before we even get there, we wake up in the morning, start preparing to go to work, and we're saying that, Lord, please help me because I don't know what I'm gonna do having to deal with this boss. He don't know my job, she don't know my job, she don't know what I do, but yet and still, they want to approach me and make my day very difficult. If that's not it, then we have bills that keep coming in. We go to our mailbox, we open it up, and we see bills that are stamped past due. These are challenging times. These are challenging times. We have done all that we can physically do in our mind, in our thought process. We just can't go another step further. When we just thought we had en enough, that can't go any step further. We can't do this anymore. Life is getting the best of us. Then the voices in our head start speaking to us, leaving the question of, I'm a good person, Lord. Why? Why is this keep going on with me? I'm a good person. I go to church regularly. I don't bother anyone. I pay my tithes. I listen to the sermons. I go to Bible study. I, look, I, I listen to Bible study. 
I do all that I can do. I preach the word of God. But why? But, 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 but why? Why do I have to keep going through this? I have done all that I can do. I'm part of the leadership at the church. I'm on a diaconate board. Lord, I'm doing your will. Everything that you have required of me, I'm doing it. I just can't see this. I can't see this. You told us that in your word that we should follow you and do these things. But why? I'm a good parent. I take care of my children. They don't want it for anything. I give them love. I nurture them. I visit people in the hospital that are sick. What's going on? Why, God? Why? Why do I have to keep going through this? Only to think, I can't move another step further. Why can't I find that strength, God? Why can't I find that strength to move forward during these challenging times? I heard someone say once, if I can't fly, then I'll walk. If I can't walk, then I'll crawl. But right about now, but right about now, God, I'm feeling I can't fly, walk, or crawl. What's going on? It is during these times we start to believe the voices in our head that we're not strong enough to endure the punches of life. There is no one there to absorb these punches for us, nor for us to tap in to get a break for some of these challenges. So no one's going to take that punch from us. No one's going to allow us to tap in to get some relief. Why? <clears throat> Why? Let me see if I can make this a little plain for us tonight. Go try to do it a different way to see if I can get you to understand what I'm talking about. As a minister of gospel, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life when I occasionally struggle during crisis. I'm an individual for the most part, I keep it together. My wife, my children, my staff, they always quote a saying, don't worry about it because my husband got it, my wife. I don't have to worry about anything because whatever challenge that comes up, I know my husband will figure it out. He's going to take care of it. He's going to make it right. Or my children, are f dad got it. Dad got it. My, my daughter one time, she called my wife and they were discussing something. And it was a situation that, you know, bothered my wife a little bit that she was dealing with. It didn't bother my daughter much because what my wife didn't know, my daughter had already spoken to her dad. And then she let mom talk to her, tell her everything, give her what she thought would be a good motherly talk. And my daughter said, mom, I'm not worried about it. Dad got it. And then on my job, I go into meetings constantly with my staff. And one of my captains told me one time, they says, boss, I don't worry about anything that goes on in this institution because I know strategically you're going to work it out, think it out, and you got it. 
So all of this expectation on me that all of these individuals thinking that I can figure it out and I got it, but what they don't realize is that I too go through those struggling times, those challenges. Is there anybody out there like me that go through those times there when although you believe that you have it all put together, that you're holding it together for the well-being or the good of all, it's still a challenge for you. For the most part, however, those are the times where I struggle. And I'm sure someone out there can have a similar story that we struggle. Let someone receive an unfavorable report, a doctor's report, or let someone get sick. And although you said you got it going on, you're not bothered, you're not shaken, and you really believe that deep down in your soul, but let one of those things happen and occur. I can recall a few months back, I was watching a, a movie, and, and this movie was kind of disturbing to me. It was about a family, and husband, wife, three children, three little children. The wife became ill. She was diagnosed as having a brain tumor, cancer on the brain. She was diagnosed and not being given too long to live. But her husband and the family didn't know anything about this. She would go in the kitchen. She would do things like she did every day. She was preparing a meal. On this particular day, she was preparing the meal, and her nose started bleeding. She held the tissue up to it, looked in it, and it was blood on the tissue. Then she coughed, and she coughed up blood. And so now, this is getting in my spirit. This is getting in my spirit. And so it bothered me. Fast forward, she passed away, and the family had to deal with the loss of their loved one. So shortly after watching that movie, I, I was in our bedroom, laying in the bed. And my wife went into the bathroom, and she came out, and she said, honey, she said, what? She said, I said, what? She says, my nose was bleeding. It just started bleeding. I don't know what happened or why. And so because I just watched that movie, and it immediately attached itself to my spirit, I became very concerned. I started being emotional about it, and I was like, oh no, oh no, God. No, God, it can't be, it can't be. This is not part of the plan. This is not part of the plan at all, God. We are here together, we have to stay together. I need this woman right here. You're not gonna take her from me, God. And so we, 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 we got on our clothes. Come on, honey, come on. Tears are running down my face. I said, pinch your nose. And all of the things that I would have normally had thought about doing that type of situation had left me. It was gone. I immediately went back to what I observed and what I watched on that movie. So it bothered me. So I said, all right, come on, let's go to the hospital. Let's go to the hospital. So by the time we got to the hospital, it had stopped bleeding for the most part. But you know, it was occasional, a little here and there. We were seen by the doctors, they ran some few tests, tests, and 
it was okay, they released her. And the doctor came in and she says, everything from your test looks well. It probably could have been a little dry, it's dryness in the air. We have forced hot air, sometimes the house gets dry, and it could have been that there. And so we went back home. But what the point I'm trying to make is that it bothered me. It shook me to a place like I never went because I'm dealing with someone that I love and know that that wasn't part of the plan. No, 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 no. 34 years we've been married. Before that, four years together. Now you cannot check out. Not on me now. I need you. I need you. I can go on and on and on about these situations until I hit probably your street or some of these experiences that you've had. But nevertheless, the question that I ponder, and you might as well, is why do we struggle? Why do we struggle in these times knowing that one point or another that something's going to happen in life that's going to shake us? I heard it said that we are either in a crisis coming out of a crisis or on our way to a crisis. Either way, we will all face crisis at some point in our life. If that is the case, which I believe it is, the question converts to now, why? Why is this? Why is this a thought for us? Why do we feel as if we have no strength left to make it to the end when all hope is lost? and we've done all that we can do. Shiloh family, I believe that the good question for all of, that's a good question for all of us tonight. Let's see if we can reveal the answer. We place this lesson in our heart tonight. And God gave it to me. But when God was giving me this lesson to teach tonight, I, I thought about it. And he kept, I kept struggled with it a little bit. And he kept telling me, he kept telling me, he kept telling me, tapping into your inner strength, tapping into your inner strength. What God revealed to me was a secret of why. And that secret tonight, I would like us all to grab hold to it. But before I give you the secret, I have to give you this dis disclaimer. I have to give you the disclaimer, because you know how it is when people tell us secrets. We say, okay, it's a secret, I got you. And we run right out and we start telling that secret. So I have to give this disclaimer tonight, this, this, this disclaimer tonight, so that you know that secrets should not be shared. Okay, okay. So if everyone's listening to me, Normally, I, if, if, if you were here with me in the sanctuary, I would say, raise your hand and say, I promise. So I want you to do that. Or put your hand emojis in the chat. I promise I will not tell the secret, Elder. I promise, I promise, I promise. I should not be sharing this secret with you. But when God gave it to me, he said, okay, okay, this is a secret, this is a secret. And I said, okay, God, okay. So anytime we know and we hear it's a secret, we know it's just something good, it's something good, we really want to hear. 
So I really, really, really shouldn't be telling you this secret. But because God knows that you're all part of the family, you're his children. I don't think he'll mind if I share the secret with you. Is that okay? Is that okay? I'm sure he won't mind. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The secret, the secret. God let me know that he has provided his children with everything we need when life circumstances hit. I'm going to say that again. The secret, the secret. God let me know that he has provided his children with everything we need when life circumstances hit. Now, the good part of the secret, that's just, that's just the first part of the secret. Now, let's, let's, let, let's look at the good part of the secret. But you got to still promise me. You got to still promise me. You're not going to tell anyone. This is just our secret, our secret between us. Here we go. The good part is that God revealed to me, here it goes. The problem is that we do not tap into a portion of it. So although God provides us with everything that we need, everything is there for us, the problem is we only tap into a portion of it. We only tap into a portion of it. I said to myself, wow, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. So God, what you are saying, what you are indicating is that we will have no need for anything because you have already provided this to us. But the problem occurs because we only tap into a portion of it. Shiloh family, I came tonight to tell you, yes, that's what God is telling us. It is our human nature. It is our humanity. Even as Christian, we depend on what we know. We do not seek for the unknown. We depend on what we know. The unknown, we're not even looking for that part. So we only are tapping into a portion of what God has for us to get through these challenging times. I came to realize during these tough times in our lives, we depend on our intellect. We depend on how smart we are. We depend on what we already know, what, we, what life has already shown us, how we've already grown to that part. As I mentioned earlier, I don't really worry about many things because why? I'll figure it out one, kind, one way or another. I'll look at the situation, I'll process it, and I'll figure it out. So what I'm doing in those times, I'm depending on the intellect, my own intellect, what I have learned through life to show me how to fix this situation. But there are times when we can't do that, as I alluded to earlier, when I was faced with the challenges of my wife. We depend on biblical or educational institution. We go to school. We obtain degrees, diplomas. That's good. That's good. I think that's great. I'm educated, and I believe everyone should be educated, and you need that piece there. But that's not all we need. God is saying that's not all. That's only a portion of what we need. Because if that was the case, we would just tap into it, what we learned in school. Or we'll go grab one of those books that we spent a lot of money on purchasing while we were in school and read it. We depend on our courage. 
We depend on, <coughs> I'm strong to handle this. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm strong. I, I, I worked for an individual one time, and he came in a meeting, and he, and he was dealing with some things there, and he was having some challenges. But he stood up, and he started the meeting off by saying, I'm a lion. I'm a lion. And we all stood quiet. But then he came back, and he apologized. Because what he was trying to let us know is that he was strong enough to deal with anything that we had to deal with. Then we deal with our physical strength. We go to the gym. We work out. We make sure that we have the strength to make it to the end. We make sure that we are not fatigued. We do different exercises. We do all of that there, only to realize that's only a portion of what we need. My family, my family, I came tonight to let you know the Lord is waiting on us to start tapping into our inner strength. Yes, he wants us to tap into that inner strength, not just use a portion of it, but he wants us to tap into all of it. Let's, let, let's, let's now see what the word has to tell us about this. In Philippians 4.19, it states, And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. And there is a word found in Isaiah, Isaiah 40 and 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power to the weak. So it's already in the word that strength that we've been provided. We just got to start tapping into it, start tapping into it. I know about this time here, someone that's listening to me, someone that's tuned in, someone that's watching, might be saying, Elder, 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 I was following you to that point there. But how can I tap in to my inner strength when I have no strength at all? You saying that we only tap into a portion, which I'm with you, I follow you, because yes, I can agree, I only tap into a portion during time. But there are times where that portion that I need, it's not even there. So how can I tap into this inner strength when I have no strength at all. All my strength is gone. It's depleted. I've used it all up. I have no more left. So, Elder, you're telling me that I have to now find that extra strength to tap into my inner strength. But I have no strength. Yes. Yes. That's what we're saying. Is that in order for us to get through these circumstances, these situation, these challenges of life, adversity, whatever adjective you want to use, trouble, we have to tap in to that portion. Okay, let's try it this way, if you didn't get that. Physical and emotional strength can only take us so far. But the strength of the Holy Ghost, ah, yeah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The strength of the Holy Ghost, that make you jump, leap, and run. The strength of the Holy Ghost can take us to heights like we've never seen before. That's that strength we're talking about. 
that Holy Ghost power, that inner strength. Yes, I came tonight, saints, family, to let you know it's that inner strength. It's that Holy Ghost power, that Holy Ghost that dwells and resides within us that God is expecting us to tap into. We have to start tapping into it. And driving this point home tonight, God wants us to tap into the inner strength. This is a good time to revisit the text. What's in revisiting the text, and as I was studying this text, I found that there are four essential lessons demonstrating the means of us tapping into our inner strength. Here we go, here we go. Let's work it out. Now is a good time to work out and build up our strength and endurance. That's the Bible study lesson that we're doing tonight, right? This is Bible study. This is a lesson. So now is the time. Now is the time. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Strength to move. Strength to move. Strength to move. That's another time. We're not going to go into that. That's another Bible study lesson. But that's what we're doing. Strength to move. We have to go beyond the point where we're at. Strength to move. All right, let's go. Verse 14 through 16 starts off with a prayer of why tapping into inner strength is so important. Verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might. When we look at these verses, we first must understand the background where this originated from. Paul is providing a letter of prayer over the Christian community in Ephesus. Many scholars allude to the fact of Apostle Paul here in the text has seemed to return to his prayer that was initiated in verse one of chapter three, where we find a continuous prayer in Ephesians chapter one. I need you to stay with me for a moment. Just stay with me for a moment as we work through this background, right, foundation. This is Bible study. This is Bible study. So we're going to study the Bible. If we were to go back and read chapter 1, we will find Paul had, to, had a declaration of not ceasing to remember the Christians in Ephesus in his prayer. In chapter 1, Paul makes it clear for the reader he was praying that Christians would know immeasurable greatness of God's power. How many of you know God's power can't be measured? Every time we think God has reached his peak in the blessing business, what does he do? He turns around and blesses us again and again. He blesses us more than we have room enough to receive. His blessings does not stop. He blesses us time after time after time. He's just that type of God. Now, that we have a quick synopsis of chapter one, it brings us to chapter three, which is our focal point for the lesson tonight. What we find in chapter three, verses 14 through 16, Paul has returned to his prayer, desiring that these Christians 
verse 16. Be strengthened with the might through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. In other words, what, 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 what Paul is letting us know here, what we find here, is that Christ has a desire for us to tap into his power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being. It is here in these first three verses we can find our first lesson in tapping into our inner strength. We must acknowledge the prayer, the fervent prayer to the Father. Lesson number one, fervent prayer to the Father. If one was to define fervent prayer, we would most likely have definitions defining prayer as speaking with God, fulfilling the requirement of God, seeking God's face, seeking God's hand, receiving a blessing from God. All of these definitions are great. All of these definitions are great. Nevertheless, if you ask any prayer warrior, they will let you know fervent prayer is more than that. A couple of weeks back, Bishop talked about intercessors. And he said that intercessors, prayer warriors, they stand in a gap for others. They pray. They pray for others. And it opens up the doors of heaven so that God can hear. They intercede on our behalf. That's what they do. So if you ask any one of the prayer warriors, they'll tell you, yes, that's all part of it. But there's more to it. If you ask my wife, Elder Martin, to define fervent prayer, you would see a rise in her, excitement. She would get happy. She would get so excited about it, just even the thought of it. She would sit right over there, and she would just, you'll see a smile. And if it was up to her, she would jump out that seat, run around this church, tear up this carpet, and say, honey, we just got to pay for the carpet. But that's, that's just how she is when it comes to prayer, because she understands the meaning and importance of that fervent prayer. It's that prayer where we go in and show the adversary we mean business. We're not playing around. It ain't no time for jokes. It is no time for game. It's a time that we have to go in. We have to go in and show. There's a saying, we got to go into the enemy camp and take back what he stole from us. That's that prayer. We got to go in. We got to go in and we got to go in deep. That's what we're talking about. You see, don't call Elder Martin if you don't want her to pray about something or if you're not ready for the result because she's going to go in. Someone calls the house. I hear her on the phone. She goes on to the other room to get a little privacy. I know she's getting ready to go in. She goes in that prayer room. She closes that door. She starts speaking in tongues. She starts calling down heaven. And the room starts shaking. But I know she's in there. She's getting that prayer through. She's interceding on your behalf. And then what do I do? Hey, I'm there. I might as well go in with her. I start praying with her. I start praying with her. I start in my spirit, wherever I'm at. I could be laying in bed. I hear her, and I'm going in with her. It's that type of prayer. It's the type of prayer that moves heaven and provides us with an immediate reaction to whatever we're faced with. Fervent prayer is a prayer with intensity, fueled by the Holy Spirit. It's fueled by the Holy Spirit. In other words, 
it activates the Holy Spirit, tapping into our inner strength. Once we learn how to engage in fervent prayer, activating the power of God, it will be nothing for us to tap into the Holy Spirit. He's there waiting for us. God has said, I'm here waiting for you. Just tap, tap me in, tap me in. I'm here. I think about when my son was young. He played youth football. He tried so hard at the beginning of the season, every season, no matter what season it was. He wanted to earn a starting position. He was a defensive end. So he was very fast, and he was good at the position. So every season, he earned that spot. But when he was in a game, he gave it his all. He wanted to show and prove that I deserve to be here. But he would work so hard to the point where he would get very fatigued. He would get tired. Then the coach would say, Robert, come here. He would call him out. He would call him out. He would tap him out. He would go on the side. My son would get upset. I would look at him. And I would see the tears coming out of his face because he wanted to be in there. He wanted to be with his team. He wanted to play. But the coach knew that he needed a break. He had to get hydrated. He had to get a breather. And then he would put him back in the game. That's what God wants from us. He wants us in our prayer. He wants us to come out of the fight. He wants us to pull us out so that he can be tapped into assists. Whenever the coach pulled my son out the game, another player would go in to assist. So God is telling us during those times there, when we're pulled out of the game, we tap him in, he's there to assist us. God wants to be tapped in. He wants to move in our life. He wants to be there during those challenging times. Let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving. Lesson number two, verse 17. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. The second lesson that we pull out of verse 17 is we must acknowledge the faculties and its foundation. Acknowledge the faculties and its foundation. What does that mean? What does that mean? In other words, we must have to first acknowledge Christ. We have to acknowledge the fact that he's able, that he can do above more than we can ask or think. We have to acknowledge him. We find in verse 17, Paul is letting us understand that Christ dwells within our heart through our faith. Once we are connected to Christ, our lives will be deeply rooted within him. I want to say that again. Once we connect to Christ, our lives will be deeply rooted in him. As a teenager, I attended a vocational high school in New York City. And my high school was a vocational high school. They offer different vocational programs. So I elected, elected to enroll in architectural drafting program. In that program there, we were taught the fundamentals of designing building from the beginning to the end. The first thing that we were taught was the importance of a strong foundation. 
Without a source of a strong, solid foundation, the building will most likely fall over a period of time. We were taught that a strong foundation would not stay together if it had cracks in it at all. We saw years ago, a few years ago, how some of these houses here in Connecticut, the foundation started cracking and people were having problems with their homes. So this, this is what we learned. This is what we learned in, 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 in this course, in this program, vocational program. We were taught that strong foundations could not have the cracks at all. It had to be solid. Well, Paul is letting us know in verse 17, Christ provides us with power, his spirit in our inner being. What we have is a strong foundation, and what we must have is a strong foundation. The foundation Paul speaks of here is love. Paul is saying, without that foundation of love, everything else falls apart. It starts to crack. If we love Christ, starting there, with all of our heart, and make him the center of our life, it would be nothing for us to tap into the strength of the Lord during discouragement, despair, or even death. See, see what, what we have to realize here in this part here is that the love we must have in Christ, because if we have that love for Christ in our heart and it's embedded deep down inside of us, when those times come, we're going to reach and grab for Christ. We're going to tap into him. We must be like the word teaches us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, paraphrasing. We must be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, recognizing the power of the source in order to tap into the source, recognizing that our source is Christ and we must love him and have that love in our hearts. Essential lesson so far, we have tapped to tapping into our inner strength. Number one, acknowledge the power of fervent prayer to the Father. Number two, acknowledge the faculties and its foundation. As we keep moving, we gotta keep moving, we gotta keep moving. Verse 18, verse 18. We must be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Verse 18. Verse 18, we find here <coughs> our third lesson. We must phantom the facts. Phantom the facts. I'm sure by now you're thinking, Elder, how did you get phantom the facts out of verse 18? How did that come out of verse 18? I would have to tell you, that's a good question. Yeah, real good question. But since you got a good question, I have a good answer. Phantom the fact is simply comprehending the knowledge. Comprehending the knowledge. Have you ever heard someone say, I couldn't fathom why little Bobby would want to do such a bad thing? Or I couldn't fathom how he or she loves me so much. I just can't phantom that. What we are expressing is that we could not comprehend the thought. When we add facts to it, it's simply indicating that we must comprehend the knowledge. Phantom the facts. Looking back at verse 18, we find Paul has prayed this prayer so that we might 
A, tap into our inner strength to comprehend life challenges. B, not just tap into ourselves, tap into all saints. Where two or three are gathered, God promises that he would be in the midst if we gather in his name. We are all ready to have God show up. Are you ready to have God show up in your situation? Are you ready to show, have God show up and show out? That's what God is waiting for. Phantom the Facts is an important lesson in tapping into our inner strength. Paul clearly lets us know the fact. We must know the love of Christ. We have the strength within us to comprehend the dimension the width, length, depth, and love. We must have love for Christ in our heart. In understanding this, we will gain greater knowledge in tapping in to our inner strength. Okay, well, the time is getting away from us, so we gotta move, we gotta move this off. We gotta move it on, we're gonna move it on quick. We're gonna do this thing, or we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Okay, number one. Acknowledging the power of fervent prayer to the Father. Number two, acknowledging the faculties and its foundation. Number three, we must phantom the fact. Lastly, essential lesson number four, we must acknowledge the fullness of the Father, which is pulled out of verse 19. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes the knowledge, you must be filled with all of the fullness of God. Number four, acknowledge fullness of the Father. Acknowledge fullness of the Father. To be clear here, with lesson number four, acknowledge fullness of the Father. I'm suggesting fullness of the Father. For us New Testament saints, it's found in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is the Christ. John 14 and 10 puts it this way. Do you not believe I am the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak you do not know speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Now that we are clear here, there's a question that I pose now. Are you experiencing, Shiloh family, friends, the fullness of Jesus Christ in your lives? Are we really, really experiencing the fullness of Jesus Christ and what he has for us in our lives? That's a question. That's a question that I leave. If I was to take a survey right now, the answer, yes or no. For those of you, for me, it probably would say no, I'm not experiencing the fullness of Jesus. The reason I would provide is that I did not experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. And the reason that I want to let you know why that occurred is that as Christians and non-Christians, we sort of compartmentalize Jesus Christ in a box. And we put Jesus Christ in this box, in our mind, we have him in this box. We keep them there in, in, in our mind, and we don't pull Jesus Christ out until we need him. 
We pull Jesus Christ out for that quick fix, as I like to say. Okay, I need a quick fix. Let me call on the name of Jesus. He promises he'll always be there for us. So we, 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 we put him in that box and we store him in the back of our mind. The problem with that is that we'll never feel the fullness of Jesus Christ because we have so much clutter in our mind is that we put all of those clutters, clutter in a box. And then in doing so, all of that clutter in those boxes comes to the forefront of our mind and Jesus is in the back. And so now when it's time for us to tap into Jesus, we have to go through and, and navigate through all of that clutter. It makes it difficult for us to tap into him. We can't get to him. Sometimes there are days worth of clutter. Sometimes there's years worth of clutter. So now we're trying or attempting to navigate through that clutter that's blocking us, that's stopping us, and we say that we can't hear from the Lord, or we're not getting a word from the Lord. We're talking to the Lord, but he's not talking back to us. But just, just think about it for a second. Just think about it for a moment. All of this stuff here, you're trying to filter and, and, and navigate through because you have Jesus compartmentalized in a box in the back of our mind. Storing so much clutter in our minds makes it difficult for us to tap into the fullness of Jesus, to contain, to gain that inner strength that we need during those difficult circumstances. In verse 19 of the text, it provides us with awareness of loving Christ in our most inner being. In order for us to do that, we have to move Christ from the back to the front of our inner being. And we have to get that clutter to the side so we can move them ahead. The fullness we, we, we see here is expressed only in Christ. And that's through the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Yes, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. That's the fullness. And we have to get there. People of God, it was my task this evening to let you know God wants us to depend on him. He wants us to tap in to him during times of adversity. He's waiting on us. The only thing that's stopping us is us. He's waiting for to be tapped into our inner, for our inner strength like no other. He's there, arms wide open, waiting just for you to tap into him. That hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart tap in. God is waiting. He has done it before, and he'll do it again. He is our inner strength, our strength like no other. Number one, acknowledge the power of fervent prayer to the Father. Number two, acknowledge the faculties of his foundation. Number three, we must phantom the fact. Number four, acknowledge fullness of the Father. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time this evening. Oh, Father, I hope it is something that I have said from the words that you have given me that place upon your people heart. Father, I hope that we do not go away still trying to navigate through all of the clutter in our head, in our body, in our souls to get to you. Father, we want to move you to the forefront right now in the name of Jesus. 
We don't want anything that separates us from you. We don't want anything to impede the blessings that you have for us. Oh, Father, we know that challenges will be there, but we know the God that we serve. So we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to tap into you as our inner strength. We ask that you continue to be there, Lord. We ask you continue to cover us. We ask that you carry us. We ask, Lord, that you be that strength, that strength like no other. And we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Shiloh family, this is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. So I hope you enjoyed this lesson tonight. And it is my prayer that it is something that you heard or I said that you can hold on to this, that you walk away better than when you tuned in. I'm hoping and praying that it is something that if you don't know God for the pardons of your sin, that you say, Lord, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here wanting to tap into your presence. I'm here wanting to tap into your love. I'm here wanting to tap into your strength. I'm here. I surrender my all, my all unto you. And if that is you tonight, we welcome you to join. You can call. The number is listed there. You can email. We're a family that loves people, and we love you already. So we're here waiting on you. We're here waiting for you, and we're going to assist you in tapping into the love of God. And so we thank you. Well, family, again, I hope you enjoyed the lesson tonight as I enjoyed teaching it. But before we get out of here, we would like uh, to take up an offering. This is our benevolent offering. It's a gift that we use to bless others. It's a gift that we provide to the community, our family, and anyone that's in dire need of help and assistance, that love, displaying that love. Well, there's three ways to give that's listed here on your screen, your device, your television. You can give by Givelify, Cash App, or email it to the address there, P.O. Box 929, New London, Connecticut. Well, I'm glad. Lastly, we're reminded, please join the Shiloh family and Bishop tomorrow at 1 o'clock for prayer. This is where all the saints gather. If you have a prayer on your, on your heart and you want to, as we talked about tonight, activate that fervent prayer, this is a time. Bishop will give, or whoever the facilitator is, a small meditation, and then we go into the word of prayer. We take it on our prayer requests, and we pray for you. We stand in the gap for you. We lift each other up in prayer. And so I ask, you know, please make sure you continuously to pray. Pray, 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 pray. God is looking for praying people, and that is what we do. That's part of tapping into them. Yeah. Well, that's it this evening, family. I hope you enjoy it. This, like I said, this uh, lesson here. May you go in peace, and the peace be upon you. Blessings. <laughs>